Hi, this is Sheila Jackson, founder of Eve's Lime Productions. For the last decade, I have been uncovering the stories of black women in rock. And while the goal is to bring those stories to you in film, this is a subject that deserves multiple platforms. So welcome to Five Pounds of Rock, a podcast that showcases unique, bold black women from around the globe who have been called to rock music and the rock life. It's a celebration of our freedom, our heritage, our music, and the legacy of our rock roots. My guest today is Star Colors. Star is a badass bass player from the P-Funk dynasty. So what was it like to leave P-Funk and go out on your own? Fright night. Just, just uh, you know, you're anxious, you're excited, you're, you're scared, you're, you're hopeful. You're, it's like jumping off a cliff without the bungee cord. I mean, you know, you just, uh, P-Funk is such a, an established comfort place if you're a professional right. musician who's, you know, if you're lucky enough to be hired to be part of the, the gang, uh, it's, it's a, such a comfortable, uh, privileged position that when you leave that comfort and you realize that, oh, not only are you starting over again, per se, but um, you better be damn strong and good and bringing something productive to the table because you will quickly get squashed out. Luckily, I brought something productive and strong enough to the table and started building my own audience from that P-Funk audience because uh, George and the P-Funk let me open for them for a number of years when I started my group before I left. Like I was opening for them like for a year and a half or two. Then I left and came out here to the West Coast, did my own, headlined my own jam band circuit tour up and down the West Coast, and then started doing stuff out here with Fishbone and, you know, continued to do stuff for Living Color and, you know, and, and the, the occasional P-Funk thing. But it's definitely um, the jump off the cliff when you leave an establishment like that, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Star, in the P-Funk All-Stars, you were the only woman. We really haven't talked about that. You were the only woman in an 18-piece? 25-piece. I mean, you you know, what what's insane is that I am the only female instrumentalist musician member of the Parliament Funkadelic. It's an honor. It's a badge I wear because I'm the only one. And it's so hard. It was so difficult. It was like... You know, when you hear guys talking about crossing the burning sands when they were pledging Omega Sci-Fi or, you know what I mean, or Kappa Alpha Psi or whatever. Listen. <laughs> yeah, I crossed some burning sands. Okay. Yeah. I know you did. That's right. I know you did. Well, this was like that to the hundredth power because being the only woman, the only musician in P-Funk was insane. When I came into the group, I was so rebellious just by nature. I'm coming in with a bass guitar. I'm looking at the bass players like, look, I'll kick your ass, but I have respect for you. And I'm going to come in here and learn all these 3,000 volumes of songs and music. And I'm going to come in here and play my ass off and not fuck one of you assholes and make my way through. That's exactly what I did to the point where I just 
move myself on out by becoming my own artist and opening for them and living color and all these other people. So, you know, but the, the, the my way, my path in P-Funk is its own story. And it is a, sometimes it's a horror story. Sometimes it's a redemption story. Sometimes it's a story of the coming through the battle. And I mean, just insane, but that's, that's what it was. Are there any other artists that you work with after you left P-Funk or did you go directly into your own band? Once I was in P-Funk, I really just moved into my own band and opening for them. You know what I mean? So I didn't waste any more time after I left Prince and and got into the P-Funk. I knew, okay, let me, you know, establish uh, uh, what I want to do so I can start, you know, start that path. Because I knew that even though I was coming from the mighty Hall of Fame famous group, coming out as my own artist, I was starting at the bottom again. You know what I mean? So I knew that, let me hurry up and start at the bottom and, and get to climbing, you know? So, so that's, that's what I, that's what I did in my, you know, a couple years into P-Funk, I started my own thing and then start opening for them, then start opening for Bad Brains and Bernie Worrell, uh, Living Color uh, a lot. Then um, out here on the West Coast when I came out to LA, you know, uh, Fishbone and uh, King's X, Doug Pennick, and, um, you know, you know, became friends with Flea from, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers and them. So that was all on my, path of establishing my Star Colors crew band. So after being on the road with George Clinton and P-Funk for all that time, how would you describe the difference between rock and funk? Because for me, it's, it's such a fine line. How would you describe it? Coming from being in a group like the P-Funk was really fortunate because I got to learn it firsthand from some incredible uh, musicians and composers and, and singers, mainly R&B music, soul and funk, At, although the three of them are different in themselves, but they all focus on keeping um, a calm, constant, rhythmic, be in every part of the music and in every instrumentation, including the vocals and all of it being wrapped in a really nice satin polished bow of precision. And, you know, it's beautiful. Rock, on the other mm -hmm. hand, rock is, rock is, taking great, powerful, rhythmic, syncopated, uh, inspired music, playing it with furious precision and energy and being loud and being free, letting the guitars ring free, letting the bass rumble in the front and having the drums sound like rolls of thunder and the vocals being able to comfortably soar 
in and out and above that and and lead that power like a force like a you know a cosmic thunder force you know breaking through the sky that's what rock is and it's a freedom it's a rebellion it's a it's an expression of i can be an activist and political and still be completely in my lane because that is the history of being a true rock artist musician is being able to express inspire rebel and still be good you know what i mean so those just yes you know those are the basic differences (laughs) you know i was just feeling that as you were describing it because you know it's been interesting i've been on this journey and you know, I've had to kind of go through a process of elimination of those women who have rock as something that they can perform versus women who women who have a calling to rock, who see rock as a lifestyle, as a way of being. And that's what I'm hearing from you. It is completely. I mean, the I'll, I'll never forget when I was recording my first album, which I still have to release publicly, but my first CD was called Welcome to the Universe. And I was being produced by the lead bass player from the Parliament Funkadelic, Laj Curry, who's my bass player, uh, the producer also of my latest CD and uh, co-songwriter on some things. When we first started, he didn't know what they were, I'll tell you, he and George were both trying to make me into like a female Bootsy at first. And I remember I recorded a song with George that was like me being like a female Bootsy. And, you know, it was, it was a great song, but it wasn't who I was. And I started letting them hear my songs that I write, because I'm a songwriter. I write all my songs, lyrics and music. Uh, the only person who Co has co-wrote, co-written any of my songs with me is the producer, Lodge Curry. That's it. So he started listening to my songs and where I was coming from as an artist. And he said, you're a rock artist. I said, I know. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad somebody finally can acknowledge that. So we had to start making the conscious decision on that first record, Welcome to the Universe, of making sure that it was understood from the first song, first song on the CD, that this was rock, 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 rock. Classic rock, progressive rock, or modern rock, whatever you want to, but rock. And we, I remember taking keyboards off, making sure no horns was on. You know, um, nobody else singing but me in the background parts and anything live, my guys in the band uh, sing background and that's it. I don't have singers. I don't have horns. I don't have all this shit. I'm a rock band like Aerosmith, like, you know what I mean? Like, so like living color. So um, we had to do all this to make sure that my music got across as clearly as possible that this was rock. And those few songs, I remember he he co-wrote two songs on there that are a little more funk oriented. Mm-hmm. And I remember cutting them off of the mix of that new record because 
it immediately gave too much confusion and would give doubt in people's mind of me being truly committed to being a rock musician. So it starts there. You know, you identify with Amazon Warrior and we talk a lot about, you know, Wonder Woman and the whole story behind that. And, you know, that to me, as you described that, that is the epitome of Amazon Warrior because it's that strength, that power, that beauty, that sensuality. It's like this perfect balance or mix of feminine and masculine energy that just represents a woman completely in her own power. I think that, I thank you. I, I think that Amazon Warrior describes your vision of this whole journey, this whole black women in rock thing, this whole five pounds of, of rock thing. I think that that song, you know, capulates, cap, captures, you know, uh, your whole vision and, and the quest and, and our journey, you know, we got to use that one, huh? <laughs> we got to remember because it, it really is, um, it's a journey. It's just, it's, it, and, and, you know, unfortunately, there just aren't enough women in the industry or the world that have ever been given any opportunity ever, you know, and and it's our mission to take this and do this. And they just better look out. That's it. I want to ask you, do you believe that the path for Black women is to become acknowledged in the mainstream rock world or that things would just stay as they are and black women would just continue to become more powerful within their own space see this is the thing we see we we're already in our own space we've been in our own space that that's the problem okay we have to be we have to be acknowledged and respected and known and recognized in the main rock industry, okay? That's the only way that this gets any respect and recognition and everything else that we've been fighting for. So no, we have to be in the rock industry, <laughs> you know? So what is the driving force because what I know is that rock is a calling, it's a lifestyle, and it's a choice. And in that moment, you made a definitive choice that not all women who sing rock make. I, you know what? I think, it's, I think it's just from knowing that no matter what I knew I needed to get to or be or do in the industry, I always knew that I was an artist and a songwriter. And as a real artist, songwriter, person, you just, like, even if you got to do all these other jobs or hustle or whatever to make a living, you're going to do that. You're going to be a songwriter, artist, because once it's called upon you or cast upon you by the universe or whatever, it just is. And, you know, you don't have a choice. It's either like you're going to, you're going to follow through and do it, or you're going to be crazy and you're going to try to do some other bullshit to fit, you know, somebody else's role of you. Mm -hmm. And you're probably going to end up in a 
mental hospital or you're going to be violent or worse. So it, it really is a path of a calling. And when I realized when I was young, like when I was writing those first demos that I ended up giving the Prince the, the first time and I, I knew I was a songwriter, even if I was learning how to be, I knew, okay, this is the way. And, and Prince was, Prince was more of an influence too in that way where I in, in, intrinsically got like, I understand that Stevie Wonder is that too. Okay. But, um, you know, Stevie was not, not so much before me. I mean, he is before me, but I literally, by the time I was at that awareness myself as a teenager, Prince was, you know, coming into being, you know, the, the, the next new thing, the, the, the next God. And so that's what, who, what artist was on my radar. And I immediately got that songwriter thing. And then I started paying attention to artists who were songwriters, you know, like Stevie Wonder, like, you know, Sting, like Giddy Lee, like Larry Graham, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, and even, um, and more so people like them instead of people like, you know, my ex-boss, George Clinton, and these people who, you know, they're songwriters too, but I'm really talking about more the musician songwriters because I'm a musician, you know, I play an instrument. And I think that knowing that that was already a rare path for women to do being an instrumental musician was rare enough. I knew that it was even more rare to be a songwriting artist musician. So that made me stick to it and you know, yeah, and just take it no matter how challenging that it has been. Yeah, so about your music. So your current EP right now, what inspired the songs that you selected for the EP that you just released? I think these songs on the Living Galaxy CD represent the, the, the past several years of being in the trenches in battle and trying to establish being, continuing to be this artist and to grow and to make more of a stance as this artist and to, you know, and, 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 and to not be smothered or sabotaged down by the industry or the misogynistic ways around me. I think that's what these songs represent. Yeah, tell us about one of the songs. What's your favorite cut? I have a few from these 10 and each of them tell their own stories. But if I had to document anything to people, I would say, Let Your Star Shine is definitely a song of recognizing your own light, your own dreams, your own power. And no matter what negativity is around you, to stand up and shine and do it. That's one of my favorites. Now, on the other end, um, um, a song like Diabolical Done, which is very metal, very hard rock. Um, I think it is a perfect political uh, statement to our current time right now, <laughs> you know? Um, it, it, I mean, literally, you know, look what, look what, look what we are living through. I think it, if you uh, notate the the lyrics of what Diabolical Done is about, it is about overthrowing an evil 
regime and for the people, the positive people to uh, stand up. And that's, that's what it's about. So um, I think we all just lived that with the election that we all just went through and surviving this pandemic and everything else crazy. So, um, you know, they definitely have a few songs that are immediately reflective of the, the, the times. And, um, you know, I don't know. I think, you know, that's, I could go on, but I won't. <laughs> okay. You have one song and I just realized, you know, after we had our conversation about how you met Prince, I was looking through your music and saw, I'm going to kick your motherfucking ass. It had to be inspired by that story, right? Prince is definitely the inspiration for I'll kick your mother funking ass. I just had to correct my spelling and use the word funk instead of what uh, my mentor Prince actually said, which you, you both know what he actually said, but he's definitely the influence for that. Plus, you know, at, at that point, I was already exposed to how the industry was working and how they were treating women, not just women in funk music and R&B, but across the board, you know? And I was like, you know, this is ridiculous. I will kick somebody's motherfucking ass in here. So I literally was just venting that wouldn't, you know, what still needs to be vented for women to this day. And, you know, it's one of those songs that it just feels good to listen to because somebody's saying, you know, what I'm feeling about my particular situation, about a situation in my own life. It's just one of those nice songs of release. I love that. I love, thank you. I love that. See, that's what the cool thing is about being a songwriter and an artist. You get to do that and you get to get that feedback and that's life. That's, that's energy. That's, that's, you know, that's, that's what you're, you're living for as, as a songwriter, as a creator for what you're, what you're writing, what you're creating to affect somebody in some, some, some way, some positive way, some, some good way. That's the whole point. That's the whole point. You know, on that note, you know, what do you think when you think about what you just said, what do you think is the purpose or I guess our contribution as black women? What is the unique thing that we bring to the table and that we contribute to the musical discourse of rock? There's so few of us, even if we know about the different ones around the world again they're not represented, they're not counted. And if you're not in our American Western world system that we share with Britain, you don't count at all, you know that. So for us, um, you know, it, it, it really is, well, we've, we, there, there, there isn't any other way or choice but for us to, to, to kind of take the reins and, and to say, you know what, we are going to become the recognized, respected entity because that's the only way that anything that any of us are doing will make. Is that answering the question at all? Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Because I know that we have a unique voice as Black women, and especially for Black women in rock. And rock is such a music of angst, of activism of celebration it's extremes you know in terms of emotions 
you know what it's just you know you just reminded me it's just like you know how uh, like uh, uh, people are now coming out with all these different uh, stories from the 50s and the Jim Crow era and some few slavery things, you know, continuing to tell the black story. Da, 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 da. Okay, well, hello, people. We black women, we are the ones who lived through, bled through, scratched through, cried through, crawled through, you know, crossed the burning sands through, you know, we are the ones who put, who went through all of that and put in our own, you know, that special black woman magic that we have that only we could add to make this truly unique. I, I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, well, I'm looking forward to star colors, true hard rock stories. <laughs> I know that you just bring so much heart you know, to this so much passion. And there's just so much to be said for these women who are such a powerful reflection of, you know, just the root. Exactly. And there's so much that, you know, these women deserve to be recognized and deserve to be respected. So, you know, I think that in in that way, it, it, it's a it's our duty. It's our mission. You know what I mean? For um, for all of them who would never have a voice or any platform or anything without us out here spearheading, pioneering the way through with our torches <laughs> running forth, you know. <laughs> well, thank you for that Amazon warrior imagery and five pounds of rock to you. Thanks for listening to Five Pounds of Rock, a production of Eve's Line. For more information, visit evesline.com or blackwomeninrock.com. And to hear the music of these artists, check out the Black Women in Rock playlist on Spotify. <laughs>